1: Welcome to Simply Vegan Podcast. I'm Holly Johnson. I'm Molly Pickering. And we're part of the Vegan Food and Living team. Uh, we're really thrilled to have you join us. And for anyone who's signed up to us on Patreon, thank you so much. We've got yeah. loads of new signups and we're really excited to share our Christmas party with you. It's going to be at seven PM on the fifteenth of December. So we really hope you can join us. If you'd like to take part, sign up to patreon.com forward slash simply vegan from just two pounds a month. And you'll also get lots of extra perks and um bonus episodes. Well I thought today we could talk about how um how much money you can save by being vegan this Christmas. According to new research by myvegan.com, almost one-fifth, which is nineteen percent of the UK population, have switched to a more plant-based diet or incorporate more, more plant-based meals to say funny, which is
2: awesome. Yeah, that's I mean 19%, that's how many people live in the UK? Because I, I always I always think like a billion, but that's not true.
1: I have no idea. I'm not good with numbers.
2: A lot. I feel like 16%, <laughs> that's a lot. You've heard it, it here first, guys. That's a lot. <laughs>
1: that's our scientific analysis a lot a lot
2: yes
1: (laughs) But it's it's such good news I mean you know it's like it's like a fourth reason isn't it to um to go plant-based and to eat vegan so I mean
2: exactly my um my partner's parents they've uh they're not vegan by the way very you know meat-based meat-based yes can we say that I think we can (laughs) call them that
1: plant-based meat-based um
2: (laughs) They bought their turkey this year and it was £80, maybe even close to 100.
1: Oh my, what?
2: I know. How insane. I mean, you know,
1: it should be that much because that poor turkey's giving its life. But yeah, ex- yes. Exactly. In terms of what's affordable and actually how, you know, how many meals are they going to get from that? I mean, that is, yeah. that is, oh my God. I know. I mean, my mum used to spend, you know it's horrible talking about it but yeah she used mm. to spend about that on a christmas ham every year and it was always yeah. our um christmas tradition you know as a family passed down from my grandparents um, and slowly, more and more of us have gone veggie and vegan. Yeah. And, and this year, she said, well, I'm not going to get it. And I was like, well, don't sound upset. This is great. You can save all that money and save a pig.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think this is the thing, isn't it? You know, we hold on to trad- traditions so like close to us, don't yeah. we? And I think we're always really scared of kind of like rocking the boat. And I think when people do think about going vegan, they're just like... But what am I going to do about Christmas? What about my pigs and blankets? What about my, you know, yeah. turkey that my mum cooks or my whatever? You know, like what am I going to do? And the answer is, you're going to still be fine. Like there are vegan pigs and blankets that don't contain pig. You know, yeah. <laughs> they don't contain killed animals. They contain lovely flavoursome soy protein or pea protein <laughs> or whatever you want. And you know, I back to the money saving thing, like. Eighty pounds on a turkey. Okay, yeah. If you've got a bigger family, whatever. But I mean, how many? Whenever I used to have turkey as well, like my mums, we'd throw so much away. So much would be gone. And I think we're always, you know, so obsessed with getting more and more and more, and just having excess amount of foods. When in reality, we're just wasting needlessly throwing away an animal that you know could have survived, but now we're just throwing it in the bin because we've ordered too much. The money that you've spent on that food that is just going in the bin and food waste that you're now polluting, you know, the planet with. It's,
1: exactly.
2: It's bizarre. Yeah.
1: I think we need to be brave and start new traditions, don't we? And yeah. after a few years, then they you settle into it. and
2: They become your traditions. Exactly. And I think that's fun. You know, I yeah. love making new traditions.
1: Yeah, I my new tradition is making um, seitan at Christmas. Uh, for anyone new to veganism, it's spelled S E I T A N, and it yeah. is really easy. I'm not one for faffing around without like cooking for hours and stuff, even at Christmas. Yeah. I don't have time, but it's so I haven't got easy. time. I need to go and get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true and um yeah so i make a turkey seitan and a ham seitan you Mm. use different spices and stuff don't you to make it taste different and then we just have the ham uh the the vegan ham but it's not shop bought so it's not like you know weirdly plastic or you know some of them are just like a bit old, yeah sometimes they? they have
2: a little bit of a weird taste and I think when you make it yourself there's just so, like it just tastes better like it, yeah. there's just like a placebo in your brain it's just like I've made this this is delicious and no one has been harmed you know yeah
1: exactly and you can you know what's Apart from gone my in...
2: kitchen <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know what's gone into it as well yeah. daily, so it's not full of like colorings and weird stuff
2: yeah my um my boyfriend he started doing it a couple of years ago and now I won't have Christmas without it basically he makes a vegan foie gras which kind of sounds you know foie gras is the most un thing in the whole world and for those that don't know what foie gras is it's kind of like a um it's like a pate isn't it I think mm. but essentially to get it they force feed geese uh and I think what they do is they strap the necks open or they, they do something with their their heads to sort of make sure their mouths are open, then they just force feed them to get them fat really, really mm. quickly. Um and then yeah, make pate out of it and it's barbaric. It's yeah. I think it might be illegal here Oh i'm not I sure i don't
1: know oh perhaps bit of a blurred it, um, line wasn't it perhaps it's illegal making it like here or producing it but um king charles has banned it from all his royal residences yes. which
2: is good hooray yeah that is great i think more you know people don't know what it is and people don't know yeah. how barbaric it is and you know my boyfriend makes a lovely one that's made out of lentils and cognac and it's just lovely. so good oh it's can you so share nice.
1: the recipe with us
2: Yes. Um I don't know it yet, but
1: <laughs> get him to write it down and I'll include it with the Yeah. Um, with
2: I think it might notes. be a I think it might be a Bosch recipe actually.
1: Ah, okay. Right, yeah, I'll I think a it's a Bosch
2: recipe. I'll send it to you and then yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Lovely. Um because it's delicious. So nice. Bit of bread, bit of crackers. Oh.
1: Oh, you can make so many good pâtés without meat, like mushrooms and walnuts and, you know. They're the better ones.
2: Like All you've just got to do is sort of add like a fat source to it, so like oil or butter. And then you sort of get that richness with it that, you know, you'd expect with a meat pâté, but without the horrible killing.
1: Yeah. And all those weird sort of congealed bits. Mm. I never used to eat meat pâté even when before I was vegan. I used to be like, what is in it?
2: the gristly yeah
1: anyway talking about saving money and veganism um the supermarkets have got some really good buys this year and we're going to be reviewing some of them today um so asda has 97 vegan christmas products how awesome is that it's Um, crazy yeah and one of them is a breaded vegan brie with sweet chili dip that's three pound 50 perfect for parties or like christmas mm-hmm. eve new year's eve really yeah. liked this it wasn't um it because sometimes you know as we know vegan cheese can taste a bit weird but i this was really yummy
2: i actually liked it too for Woo! those who don't know i hate vegan cheese well i'm coming around i say i keep saying that i hate vegan cheese and then i'm just like i found another one that i like <laughs> um yeah. But this was good. I accidentally sort of had one of those days. Where I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to cook a plate of them and just have some cranberry sauce and the sweet chili and just eat some of those. So by the fourth one, I was like, I can't eat these anymore. But they were delicious nonetheless.
1: Yeah. Nice. The dip first as well. four were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I said, oh, I'm just going to try one for the, you know, research purposes. And then I found myself eating, like you say, just one more, just one more. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then they've got plant-based vegan turkey crown with umami stock, Mm. which is
2: £5. This is what I mean. It's insane. And okay, it's obviously not as big as a sort of large turkey, but get two. It's a tenner. You're seriously reducing, be like, what, 90% from what you pay for a turkey? It's, you know, a, a good, I say good quality, you know what I mean? It's really nice. Inverted comments. Yeah, it's Uh, beautiful. This one was. It was so tasty. That umami stock, it really added a lot of flavour to it. Yeah. yeah, Lush.
1: Delicious. And when you've got it in your, you know, on your plate with your gravy and all your veg, I really don't think a lot of people
2: would notice. Or in a sandwich with some
1: pickle the next day.
2: This is great. Like boxing day sliced up, some fresh bread rolls on the side. People help themselves. People won't know. Like you could just be like, Oh yeah, just help yourselves. (laughs) Cold cold bits. <laughs> yeah, cold cuts. Yeah. Uh, and what did
1: you think of the extra special um vegan chocolate ball balls that are four pounds fifty? Oh my
2: god. These are like they should have been in a museum. They were beautiful. Yeah,
1: my sisters came round one day and I saw they'd just been delivered. So I said, Oh, you know, give them a try. And they were really impressed. And and one sister's veggie can't mm. give up like chop, you know like dairy chocolate yeah and one isn't like was vegan for a bit but now is like eats everything again and they yeah they were really impressed so it's always good to try them on the meat eaters and the dairy yeah
2: (laughs) for sure they're really really sweet but I think they're kind of like a nice sharing dessert I think aren't Mm. they yeah they were really good
1: and another low-cost supermarket, Aldi, who we love and we've all switched to. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, they've got a huge range. Everything from a no-beef Wellington, a no-turkey roast. Um, they've got, obviously, the nut roast. No pigs in blankets. Essential. Yeah. Um, what else have they got?
2: They've got gravy. They've got... Um, they've even got... Greg's, well, obviously, it's not Greg's, but a festive bake similar to Greg's Ooh. that you can just stick in the oven. I think that's come out this week, so oh, hot off, hot off the press. Amazing, um, yeah. And amazing. they've got
1: those um vegan truffles. I keep seeing them on Facebook mm, in, in the every, vegan Facebook I've, groups.
2: Yeah, I've not tried these, but everyone is raving about them. I think they're sort of like, what are they? One ninety nine, something like that. Yeah, it's 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 less than three pounds, and I think they have like a sort of biscott flavor or salted caramel. I think
1: I haven't been able to find them yet. I need to find them for my daughter's stocking.
2: Mm, this is the thing mm. that I find your valdi sometimes. I think because there's just everyone wants it, don't they? That you you just can't find it often, which is a shame. But you just got be got be on it. First one there, yeah. <laughs> First in the queue. First I'm in the queue. Out. Barge them out the way. <laughs>
1: Well, next week we're going to be reviewing Morrisons and hopefully Tesco's. Um, And again, so many amazing products. I think Morrisons have got like a really nice trifle. Mm. Tesco have got a maple and bourbon no-gammon joint. Ooh, yeah. Fancy. Lots of gam.
2: I think Morrisons have a gammon as well. They'll have They're a gammon fight. Gammon.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll have to do, um yeah, like for like taste taste test. Oh, fish-free uh, tempura coated prawns.
2: Yummy! these are good these are good I've tried <laughs> them already yeah they are lovely
1: oh well uh, moving on from food um some of you might want an update on Molly and our mine and Molly's running progress um well I haven't even heard obviously we're not running together are we which is really annoying no. but we're basically training to do a half marathon which is a big deal for us yes um, and we're doing it we're doing it in London the London landmarks half um i think it's the 2nd of april isn't it 2023
2: i thought it was just 16 that's that's two weeks off my off my list
1: <laughs> yeah it's the 2nd <laughs> you have got two weeks less <laughs> oh no but basically oh. we're we're teaming up with our sister magazine women's running so they're going to be doing for january and yes. um you can when you, if you tune in, in in january then you'll be able to hear them kind of you know their feelings before they get started, and then we'll speak to them at the end of the month to see how they got got on doing the January. Um, but yeah, in in exchange, selflessly, we've trying to turn people vegan, and in exchange, we've got to do this massive run.
2: I don't know if it's balanced. I really, really don't <laughs> think it's a fair, it's a fair split. Like, I'm not struggling. No, I'm not struggling. I need to get out this mindset because I keep sort of having negative thoughts and me too (laughs) i'm i'm getting to like so i've run my first 5k i can do that i can i can do it with stopping once brilliant for like just for like a minute or so just get my breath back that's really Um, good yeah so i'm proud of that i am really proud of that but i don't understand how i'm gonna do that is it four and a half times
1: yeah (laughs)
2: <laughs> how how am I meant to do that? Like I've I've had to now stop running for a week because I've got shin splints because I'm in pain. I had to I run on my break today for ten minutes and I had to walk back like a fool.
1: Well, we need to ask women's running why you get shin splints. Could it be your trainers? Is it too much um pounding the pavements rather than going? I don't know.
2: Rise? I've got I've got some really nice trainers um, from Hocker, which are like a very good running true brand so i don't know maybe i need some info. i've got some i got flat feet i don't know whether people whenever i hear about shin spins people say they've got flat feet so i've just sort of put that in my head that that's what's the matter i'm running like a bloody penguin down the street (laughs) um yeah so i'm in pain and i'm really hurting and i i really want to get to 10k by the end of the year but i don't know if it's going to be doable (sighs)
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean I need to do the same. I can do the 5k and I you know I, I I'm a bit like you know the tortoise and the hare. I'm like the hare. Yeah. I'm um, like boom like with everything in life I'm like yeah, boom, get it done. <laughs> but then I'll sort of race to do it and then kind of just collapse in a heap and then get up and
2: race again. Yeah. So- You're <laughs> insane. How are you doing that? I am I am the to- I am the tortoise, but I'm like Not the tortoise that wins. I'm the tortoise (laughs) behind the tortoise. Yeah, but the tortoise always gets there in the end,
1: whereas the hare doesn't. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll like start off together. I'll sort of like go really fast and then stop. You slowly catch me up. Then we.
2: (laughs) Mate, I honest to God, do you know I like my partner selfishly as well has started running the same time as me so he's now gotten like really competitive and he's oh, just like, oh, uh, not compared like he doesn't mean it but he's just like i've just run he's like he's a bit lower slower behind me uh so he's like i've just run 20 minutes straight he's doing like the couch to 5k right i'm uh, doing the app so he's doing his best bless him but i'm now injured and he i feel like he's going to overtake me And the competitive bitch inside me is human.
1: (laughs) Get onto women's running now. Ask them how to fix it. And um, then get get... (laughs) back. get back out but you know what let's not put too much pressure on ourselves let's just I, try know. And, and I just want to enjoy it because when I did the Bristol half 10 years ago I did not enjoy it I did it with my friend who's super fit has run loads of marathon like full marathons oh god and she was like come on come on like you need to get a good time I was so no st- I don't yeah I was so <laughs> sick <laughs> afterwards just
2: defensive oh uh, yeah uh, no uh, that's the thing I'm like I, I'm not yeah I'm not going not not going to push myself but i'm not going to be like sprinting i can't be doing it i'll be dead yeah i know i want to go for a pint afterwards that's what i'm thinking of (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing this both for all the wrong reasons
1: (laughs) (laughs) i do think we've got the raw end of the deal because all they have to do is eat lovely food for a month we've got a train for like six months (sighs) four months or whatever it is and then
2: (laughs) i know but anyway I'm, it's fine at least we'll be fit question mark maybe yes well um we've had a we had a lovely
1: message from um Jamie on who's joined us on Patreon and he's a vegan runner and I'm if amazing. you haven't heard of the vegan runners then google them um because it is kind of like um like an organisation i guess i think it was okay. founded by Fiona Oaks again if you haven't heard of her google her she's incredible and runs um an animal sanctuary but yeah, so I'm wondering whether to do it with a vegan runners festival, like join the vegan runners, you know, and start running. Because... Yeah,
2: that's what I was thinking, you know, maybe drive like a sort of um, like a runners club kind of thing. Yeah, there must be vegan runners in
1: Bristol. I don't think there's many where I am or any actually, because I'm in mm-hmm. quite a small town, but... I should just start up a little group because it's like a form of activism, isn't it? When people see you, like, wow, look at them—they're fit. Oh, they're all vegan. Yeah. Oh my god, you get vests. <laughs> so we yeah, we need to join the vegan runners, get our vests on, and um, yeah, Jamie will be impressed with us then. <laughs>
2: yeah, that is. Thing is, though, I think I need to get better at running before I join a running club True. because I'll just I'll just be at the back. Like, <laughs> see you tomorrow, guys. <laughs>
1: look at that unfit vegan veganism's terrible oh
2: god don't i can't i'm I'm joking
1: we're gonna be fine molly anyway coming up next i'm speaking to best-selling author ray Starr, who's discussing how she changed jobs to create a vegan career for herself so have a listen stay tuned well before we speak to ray let's just quickly talk about wine As you probably know, not all wine is made vegan, but it can be really hard to tell what is or isn't vegan-friendly when you're staring at the supermarket shelves. That's why we're currently obsessing over Virgin Wines. The online retailer has over 400 vegan-certified wines, and it's really easy to set your preferences on the website and place an order to be delivered straight to your door. Apart from the convenience at this busy time of year, our favourite thing is that the wines come from small, independent vineyards and winemakers. They work closely with the experts at Virgin Wines to create exclusive handcrafted wines. As well as wines to enjoy yourself, Virgin Wines also have an impressive collection of drinks gifts. They're beautifully packaged and take the stress out of Christmas shopping with free delivery and gift messaging, making life a little bit more enjoyable this Christmas with Virgin Wines. For vegan food and living readers, we currently have 50% off your first vegan case. That's amazing! To claim this offer, visit www.virginwines.co.uk/veganfl. For today's episode, I'm joined by Ray Starr, who is an award-winning, best-selling young adult fantasy fiction author. She's just published book two of her Earthlings trilogy, which explores family, friendship, and the climate crisis. Welcome to the podcast, Ray. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Holly. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's lovely to meet you. Shall we start by discussing how you got into writing? Because it's kind of so many people's dream, isn't it, to kind of be an author. And it it always sounds so, I don't know, it just sounds like a great career. I know for me, I grew up wanting to, I mean, obviously I am kind of a writer and a journalist, but, you know, writing books was just always like such a such a passion of mine. And um, you've you've sort of managed to turn... I know you you started out in PR, didn't you? Is that right?
3: I did. Yeah. So it's really funny actually hearing other people's stories because from what you've just said resonates with me on such a level because I was exactly the same, but not in the vegan sector. So if I'd have had the same job in the vegan sector, I potentially might not have written the book, but my previous job, um, i I went vegan five years ago, and then I realized my job wasn't vegan. I had a PR company, but none of my clients had, you know, vegan products. Right. And then it was this real kind of light bulb moment of, oh, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't, unless I changed my entire job to a vegan PR agency, and I didn't have the contacts for that, and I knew it wouldn't work. So I just thought, well, what can I do that can help animals in some way that might actually make a difference. I tried sharing things on social media and I started off with a blog, but I had hardly any visitors. My social media posts got me like dubbed as the friend that no longer got invited to meals <laughs> and things. And I thought, right, like, this isn't working. This really isn't working. What can I do? And I thought, well, I'm a good writer. I've I've always written for PR. Like with what you do, I've written features for magazines and things for years. And I've always written b- because it's made me money, not because it's something that I'm, I'm passionate about. Again, if I've been in the vegan sector like you, that might have been different. Um, but I thought, okay, so what if I write a story? What, what if, what if I, that can be my kind of peaceful form of activism as it were and the the earthling story just kind of came to me if I'm honest with you and um, it's a real fantasy-based epic because I know everyone loves fantasy it was the idea where I thought I'd have the biggest target audience Uh, it could reach people from children to teens to adults such as ourselves to nans and granddads I thought it had a real broad spectrum and if I writ it in a way that was subtle enough Non-vegans would pick it up and buy it because it's a magic-based story. You know, there's all sorts going on. It's really quite out there. And, um, but there's, there's a message behind the narrative and it's a vegan message. And by the end of the trilogy, I'm hoping many people might find their vegan pathway as I found mine. So that was the kind of plan. And, um, I'm so glad I did it. It's been, other than having children, the best life decision I've ever made
1: oh well it's fantastic you've done it and we you know get to share these magical worlds with you I mean we definitely all need some
3: escapism don't we at the
1: moment (laughs) oh don't
3: we (laughs) it's me. there's so much going on and it's so depressing it really is but at the same time I also think it's really hopeful we've got all these things going on in so many different areas of the world from humanitarian issues to animal rights issues the climate crisis I mean how terrifying is that that really is on such a level but there's also so many people out there trying to make a difference and I think if the kind of 3% becomes the 30%. That's when we're going to start seeing some real changes. And I think we're living in a moment in time where those changes are starting to happen. We can either make the world better or we can make it worse. And I think we're going to make it better. We just need to do it a little bit quicker.
1: Yeah, I love that positivity. That's what we all need. (laughs) Well, I've got to be, otherwise it's just like, oh God, what next? (laughs) I'm never watching the news again. I know. Yeah. Um. I just need to switch off my notifications. So why did you go vegan then? You said you went vegan a few years ago.
3: I did. Um, Like a lot of people, there was no kind of one reason. I had a moment that started it for me and then veganism was kind of the end End step of that journey as it was. So, I unfortunately lost my dad to pancreatic cancer in um, 2017. And when he was diagnosed, I didn't realize at the time, but he was told quite frankly by doctors, You've got three months to live. I I wasn't aware of this. I was one of those people that just thought, Oh, dad's got cancer, but he's going to be fine. (laughs) I was completely unaware of just how bad pancreatic cancer is. And um, they said to make those three months, potentially 10 or even a year, immediately cut out red meat, eggs, and dairy term veganism wasn't used I'd never even heard of it back then I won't lie I'll be completely honest so he went um veggie but then all the kind of foods that we eat now as vegans, you know, our three bean burritos, our lentil hot pots and, you know, the chickpea curries, all the healthy things that make our body better and make us feel great. We hadn't heard the term veganism. So we didn't get to implement that for dad, unfortunately. And he just went down chicken pie and fish and chips fruit. and it, it didn't get the health benefits. It did help cutting out those things. He did make 10 months, which is amazing. Um, It was up and down and it was, oh, it was brutal, but once that was gone and he'd passed we had a lot of kind of deep conversations and um i just realized i didn't want to follow down the same kind of pathway that he did and there was a lot of parts in my life where i realized i was a little bit of a hypocrite and there were some things i needed to change so i started making those changes i had a bit of a spiritual journey and then a vegan journey thanks to veganuary good old veganuary 2018 yeah. my life has never been the same um and i downloaded dr gregor's app app as well uh the daily dozen which was transformative health-wise for me on so many ways i wish i'd discovered that while dad was ill i think that's 10 months could have been two or three years i really really do um Managed to have children, which was a big leap for me. I was told previously that I couldn't. So, you know, whole foods based diet is, yeah, yeah. It's changed my whole life. I'm so, so grateful I've had this journey. And, um, yeah, so I guess it started from a health aspect. But then after the Veganuary emails and discovering certain documentaries, I watched Earthlings. And that was that basically in a nutshell. Once you've seen that film, you don't need a two-week plan or a 10-week plan or a 10-month plan to go vegan you just see that and that's it game over like oh changed my life yeah hence my books are in homage to it so yeah that was the kind of the moment for me the earthlings moment
1: (laughs) yeah I'm so sorry to hear about your dad I mean yeah I mean you you know it's it's a lovely example of turning something sort of quite tragic very tragic Mm -hmm. into something Mm -hmm. positive um it's it's quite shocking really isn't it that that you know doctors tell us when we're ill to then yeah, change our diet <laughs> to, and like you mm-hmm. say they don't even use the term vegan um mm-hmm. and i know yeah i know of people that have been diagnosed with cancer brain tumors and they're told to instantly mm-hmm. go you know as raw as possible as mm-hmm. much fruit and vegetables as possible cut out all animal products and it's like why are we not talking about this before we get sick, you know? Yeah,
3: why aren't we using the V word? The V word just needs to be out there, but there's such a stigma with the V word. Mm. To the point, when I wrote my books, I couldn't market my books as vegan fiction, even though it is vegan fiction. I knew if I did that, only vegans would read my book. And I want people to read my book that aren't yet vegan, that the old me from 10 years ago, that didn't have a clue about any of this, and then for it to hopefully have that light bulb moment that I had and then go on from there. That's the kind of the purpose of the books almost, if I'm completely honest with you, which is, <laughs> I can't tell that to readers, obviously. I can't say I've <laughs> written this because I All want right, everyone we, to go vegan. That <laughs> no one's going to read it. We won't tell them. You know? <laughs> well, this is a vegan forecast, luckily. So, yeah, but it's just, I had to promote my book as climate fiction because everyone cares about the climate. Everyone cares about the planet. Everyone cares about our home. But Everyone cares about animals as well. So I, it just... It baffles me. It really, really does on so many levels, what we do to animals, how unaware we are of a lot of it. And this isn't me saying other people. I'm in that bracket as well. For 30 years of my life, I ate animals. I wore animals, you know, and it's just a part of me hates myself for that. It really, really does. And it's just, everything's hidden from us, isn't it? It, The the truth isn't just widely available It is becoming more available, but I just wish the world was just a bit more honest. And I think a lot of people would live a lot, a lot differently to how we do.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we're just conditioned, aren't we, to, Mm. you know, to not see that, that lump of meat in the supermarket Mm. aisle as an animal, because, Mm. you know, society is just kind of, yeah, just conditioned us to see, see that as food and, and just Mm. sort of not make that connection. Um, so you've Definitely. got, have you got two, two young children?
3: I do. Yeah, yeah. They're my world. And do you know what? It's funny what you just said about like the hunk of meat. Like I have the supermarket moment with my children all the time because I'm raising them vegan. They're the only vegans in the nursery. The yeah. nursery are fantastic. They do their own food for them. They're brilliant. They're excellent. But when we go to the supermarket and they see certain things that they don't have, my children are two and four. They're young. They ask, "Mummy, what's that? And I don't lie. I tell the truth, not in a way that's going to upset them, but I will say that's a pig's shoulder, that that's a cow's leg, that's a chicken. I always find that weird as well. We hide it with certain animals, but not with chickens. Like yeah. chicken is chicken, pig is pork. Why, why is that? Yeah. I'm, I'm always a bit confused by that. But like, the looks I get in the supermarket when I do that, and I just think, but... He asked me what it was, and that's what it is. I'm not saying, and then you shouldn't eat that. I'll raise them vegan until they're a certain age, and then it's their choice. I'm not going to make that choice for them. I hope they stay vegan, but they they might have their own journey. And you know, that's that that's that's for them. I'm not gonna
2: yeah.
3: force my beliefs on them, even though I really want to. <laughs> I'm
2: <laughs> yeah. not gonna be that mom. I can't.
3: <laughs> but yeah, so it's just mad, like you say, that the the level of conditioning and things because. Just to say to your children in the supermarket what something is causes people to stare at you and mm. move away from you a little bit. It's, it's
1: mad. It's, it's the and language, isn't it? We've um, discussed that on the mm, podcast. The truth. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Mm. We had um, mm. Joey Carbstrong on, and uh, you know he doesn't mm. hold back with the language he uses. All. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and mm. yeah, I mm. think you know we're we're sort of comfortable with certain words, mm. aren't we? Like you know. Mm. um I don't know, culled instead of killed or, you know, um, slaughtered instead of murdered and things like that. Mm. And, you know, it's just um, flipping it all in its head and actually saying, look, let's let's look at this with fresh eyes and just Mm. look at it for what it is. Mm. It's amazing that you're raising your kids vegan. My um, my daughter is 16. She's been vegan um, about four years um, wow. And she's, she's very, very strict, bless her. I mean, she can sniff she? out a bit of milk powder a mile off. But I'll be like, no, it's fine, darling, honestly. And she'd be like, no, see? Mm. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Good girl,
3: well done. That's she's amazing.
1: Brilliant. But yeah, my mm. son is, um he's 10 and yeah, it's mm. not, not so easy with him. He's a bit of a a sort of, mm. you know, he likes his kid food. Um, mm. I mean, he's doing really well, you know, he'll eat some things, but um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one as they get older I think especially and you know annoyingly I wasn't vegan when they were born so it's, it's a difference a, it makes yeah. such a
3: huge difference i can imagine it must be so hard as a parent if you go vegan to then want to implement those things with your children but your children have been raised unvegan like if i already had children the situation that you're in would i be able to change a 6 and 8 year old to a vegan diet when they're used to having chicken chips rice and whatever yeah. Probably not. There's a huge chance you'd meet that resistance. So I'm, I'm so grateful. I found this way of life. And then three months later was pregnant with my firstborn. I, I yeah. couldn't have asked for a better scenario for me. I really, really couldn't,
1: That's really amazing. couldn't.
3: Very lucky. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) How has it been? Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) So tell us about Earthlings then. So you've written, um, you've just published your second book in um, the trilogy, which is Dominion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're both named after vegan documentaries.
3: So (laughs) I couldn't not name them after vegan documentaries because I, I wanted... That to be my subtle form of activism as well. People might search my book and then the documentaries come up, but there's no significant kind of link. They might not put the two together. You had um, the oh, what is it? Oh, what's the dinosaur movie? How have I forgotten? My son loves this. <laughs> Dominion came out just before my Dominion. You know the dinosaur Dominion. What's it oh, called? I'm I'm past
1: the the dinosaur stage. I'm afraid it's all oh, like Minecraft lucky. and gaming and stuff. So. <laughs>
3: Oh, I'm envious. I'm looking forward to that stage. Everything is. There's a lot of dinosaurs in my house. Oh, um, yeah. That came out just before my book, but kind of maybe did it a favour as well because then when you search my book, everything that comes up isn't immediately really vegan. Some people might obviously see through that and then not want to read the book. They might make the connection. I want people to make the connection as they're reading, not before they buy it, because then they'll go in with a kind of not a prejudice but just yeah. thoughts you know i want them this is part of the surprise as you're reading it so Earthlings things is the story of a young girl named peridot um i named her peridot after a ring my dad left me it's just a peridot ring and it's kind of like he's in the book then which is quite nice to me oh, it helps cool. when i'm writing makes it all um more magical for me yeah. <laughs> but um she's magic born but she's uh raised by this really overprotective mum um that really resonates with me. She really wants to cocoon her child away from the horrors of the world, which I totally get. I'm sure you do (laughs) as well. But it doesn't work in her favour because it means as Peridot gets older, she has no idea about the Earthling's world. She doesn't have a clue. She thinks the world is as we know it now. And then having been raised this way for such a huge amount of time, she rebels and kind of moves away from the place that she's grown up out into the big wide world and then realises the world isn't as we know it now. It's completely different. Animals are in charge, not humans. And she has to decide whether to use her powers to to help And who does she help? And why does she help? And how can she help? And that's the message there that I hope sinks in with people as well, because we've all got those questions to ourselves that we can ask as well. But without it being too deep, the, the, the message of the story is kind of subliminal in the fact that it's more magic based. So the real story is Peridot finding herself as a young woman. woman woman, (laughs) woman, (laughs) coming into her powers, um, deciding whether she should use her powers. And there's all these obstacles thrown in her way. You know, the wolves are coming, the bears are coming. In book two in Dominion, the elephants are coming. There's all sorts going on. And, you know, she's just this one girl. How can this one girl make a difference of all these awful things that are happening? But this one girl can. And so can we. And again, that's the kind of message. So book two is out now. Book two, Land of Hope and Glory. I'm writing at the moment when my children are napping and at nursery, (laughs) which is good fun. And again, I just had to name them after the documentaries that hit hardest with me. So Earthlings Made Me Vegan, Dominion Will Keep Me Vegan for the Rest of My Life and Land of Hope and Glory. I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but when I watch these documentaries, a little bit in my head is saying to myself, yeah, but that's not over here that's not in England. We've got good animal welfare. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you ever want the proof of that, please go and watch Land of Hope and Glory. It's not as brutal as Earthlings and Dominion. It's still awful, obviously, but it does just show how things are done over here in um, the UK. And um, yeah, animal welfare across the globe, is it's not great, is it? Mm. So...
1: Um, it is shocking, like you say, you you always like to think that it's not on your doorstep. It's not in this country. We're all really kind and caring people and it's all done, yeah. you know, but it's, yeah, sadly, not the case. Your books kind of, I mean, they could appeal to all ages, couldn't they? But kind of aimed at sort of young adults, mainly?
3: Yeah exactly that so um, I chose the genre of young adult fiction because it's the widest genre like my main kind of reading group seems to be women my age women in the 30s which is lovely but I get booked to go to schools and teach I teach like writing for nature classes where I encourage um, students to think of something that's hurting nature in some kind of way and then a way they could create a story or a poem or some form of literature to raise awareness for that of what's happening and of a solution as well, um, which I love doing and is great. And then that opened up this whole other doorway for me where a lot of younger children read my books now as well, which had never been my intention when I'm writing it. Uh, It's completely child-friendly. There's nothing in there that reads like a horror movie. There's no swearing. There's no sex. There's nothing like that. But when I wrote it, I never thought ten-year-olds were going to be reading my book. It was always kind of sixteen plus, and then people like me that are, you know, an adult that just happens to love magic and fairy tales and dragons, and you know, yeah. Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. I'm such a geek, <laughs> such a geek. <laughs> I love it. I really, really am. I love. Lord so of the when Ring. I'm. Oh, it's the best. I need to watch the TV show that's out at the moment. Everyone keeps telling me I have to to watch it. That's on my to-do list. (laughs) But again, there's things like that I wouldn't let my children watch. And then there's certain things I wouldn't particularly want my children to read. So writing book two, Dominion, which is quite a lot darker than book one Earthlings, I was very, very aware that now I have younger readers and there were certain scenes within the chapters of the book that I couldn't write as freely as I wanted because I wanted... In in the book, what happens to animals in real life is happening to humans and it can't read like a horror movie. People have to want to read this book. They don't not to read a page and think, oh, my, I don't I don't know what happens next, you know, and especially if it's a younger person reading it. So there were certain parts that were quite challenging to write, because how do I explain what happens to a chicken happened to? Livestock being humans, where a child can read it and not be scarred by it. So that was really, really difficult. Um, From the reviews I'm getting, I think I've managed it. But it's only been out a couple of weeks. So I'm really nervous <laughs> about the next batch of reviews. <laughs> we will see. My child's traumatised. Oh. They've just read it. Oh, don't. I'm dreading that. I'm dreading that. No. I really hope not. I no. really hope not. I went as gentle as I could, but <laughs> whilst doing justice for the animals, which was the most important yeah. thing to me. So I, I just want to help animals. It's all I want to do. And I'm not rich. I don't have loads of land. I'm just a normal, average, everyday mum just doing her thing. And I thought, what am I good at that might help? And writing was my thing so I'm just trying you know
1: yeah it's amazing um I think you know it must be so lovely going into schools and kind of inspiring the children because I think that's like you were saying earlier when you know even when children are that little bit older it's harder to kind of change their views on things let alone a a Mm. 60 year old you know man or woman Mm. I think Mm. you know if we can really educate Um, children at that young age and and get them engaged in caring about nature and realizing what's going on and you know Mm. that's kind of that's the way to hopefully influence a, a more positive future and um definitely
3: definitely i go in gentle as well so i don't go in like the word vegan isn't used in my books like peridot is vegan so it's her mum but they don't eat um plant based food they eat earth grown food so you yeah. know i was really aware not to have the b word in there and it's the same when i go to schools i try to teach Truth again, just things that are genuinely happening, but without it coming across really obviously that I'm vegan because that's when you meet the resistance. So I start off small. Um, I promote, like, you know, no mo May. If you've got a grass, please, please, please don't cut your grass, you know, leave it long. So we get those wildflowers and the bees and the pollinators who are struggling. And I start with insects and then I move on to trees and then I move on to animals. Um, or whatever it is that they want to talk about. I find students are really big on pollution, which is exciting. I think that's really good that they care about this. Um I teach eco-bricking at schools as well. Um, I don't know if you've heard of an eco-brick. It's, it's a really simple technique where if you have an empty bottle, it doesn't matter what kind of bottle it is, whether it's water, juice, fizzy drink or whatever, um, whatever non-recyclable plastics you've got at home, you simply cut them up and squish them into the bottle. And then when it's full to the brim and hard as a brick, you've got an eco-brick and you can build anything with them. So building like eco-playgrounds at different schools across um, Essex as well, which is really exciting. Amazing. But if the if the students hadn't been interested in recycling I couldn't have done that so I've I go to schools and leave feeling so hopeful because they come up with things I haven't even thought of and then I think right what can I do with that and then try and do something with it because students want to help the youth of today want to help they care they care more than most adults they really really do and I just think they're so hopeful so hopeful for the future it's great.
1: Yeah. Oh, brilliant work you do. What Just to finish, what (laughs) advice would you give to people wanting to change their career to sort of align with their ethics, whether it's, you know, veganism or climate
3: change or anything like that? My advice, first of all, would be don't overthink it. We live in a world where we're taught to think about things before we do them. Look where that's got us. (laughs) That's not always a great thing to do. Imagine if we acted on our feelings Rather than on our thoughts, imagine if we did what made us happy. Imagine if something made you sad and you acted upon it rather than just letting it make you sad. We, we've been almost conditioned to, no, you can't cry in public. You know, think of all the mental health issues there are out there because people don't want to cry in front of people. What's that about? I've cried on a few podcasts, you know, let's do, you know, let's get deep. Let's have yeah. these deep conversations. If you've got something no matter how crazy it is that you feel you want to do. I I closed a successful PR business that was paying my mortgage quite nicely to write a story about an evil chicken named Alan. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reality. If I could do it, please trust me you can do it just believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself nobody will and there's so many amazing organizations out there especially within the vegan community that will want to help you that's something I found with veganism Um, other vegans that they want to champion what you're doing even if it's the same as what they're doing and it's almost competition it's Mm -hmm. not because everyone's got the same goal which is just helping animals each other and the planet you know so whatever it is no matter how big or how small just Baby steps, do the first thing that you would need to do to make that a reality. Write it down, have a post-it on your fridge or an alarm set on your phone and just, just spend an hour, one day a week, just an hour. Um, if you've got kids, I know that's not that easy. Make it 10 minutes. I get it. <laughs> you know? But just, just start small. And as you start making the steps, things will just happen. If you'd have told me five years ago, I'd be right in my third book of the trilogy, I'd have laughed my head off. But... You know these these things do happen, so just give it a go, and
2: yeah. See
3: what happens.
1: Like you say, the vegan community is amazing. It's just everyone, yeah. <laughs> everyone will get behind you, and um, yeah, I guess it's just kind of being brave and taking that step, isn't
3: it? Hundred percent. Which is the scariest bit because everyone has the ability within them to do these amazing things, but then self doubt gets in the way. You know, if someone tells you you look pretty, you're almost the instant reaction is no, I don't. Oh, that's amazing it's all right like why do we do that (laughs) why do we do that if we're good at something just be good at it just be proud and just you know just just be you whatever you is just just be it
1: (laughs) brilliant oh thank you so much ray it's been so nice chatting to you and um so yeah dominion is out now you can find that at your website,
3: raystarbooks.com. And you can, yes. Yeah, so, all pretty much most bookstores, um, Amazon, where possible, it's printed on recycled paper. Amazon is the only outlet, unfortunately, even though it's called Amazon, I'm really ironic, <laughs> uh, that won't print on recycled paper. Everywhere else, where possible, is And a plant a tree for uh, per book sale as well. And um, we'd love to welcome you to the Earthlings world. It would be amazing. So, thank you. Well, I hope Ray
1: inspired you like she did me. Is your career vegan? Do you want to change careers to align it with your values? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk. You can also join the conversation on patreon.com forward slash simplyvegan from just £2 a month. You can join our community. We're going to be having a Christmas party on the 15th of December. We've got bonus episodes and all sorts of extra downloads and things like that. So please do head over there and take a look we really really appreciate your support we're back next week same time thursday morning with holly jade who's going to be sharing her baking tips for christmas
0: even on a budget quality is non-negotiable